0: To have that experience of awe is, at least for the moment, to let go of yourself, to transcend the sense of separation.
1: Many of the great wisdom traditions of the Earth have pointed to what we're calling the Overview Effect. That is to say, they have realized this unity, this oneness of all life on Earth, and of consciousness and awareness.
0: earthlings welcome back to the overview effect the show about the moments that shape us that make us realize there is so much more to this world than meets the eye those experiences that resonate with us on such a deep level that we change the way we see the world and choose to live our lives because really that's the cause of all of our problems isn't it our disconnection from something bigger than what meets the eye I am your host, James Perrin, and today's guest is just an incredible person. James Bartle is the founder and CEO of Outland Denim, which if you're unfamiliar with, get familiar with, It's a denim and clothing brand that doesn't just try to minimise its harm or footprint, but actively works to create change by taking women out of the human and sex trafficking industry, training them as seamstresses, giving them the tools and responsibilities to create a new life. It is such a powerful example of how a business can take a weakness and turn it into a strength, a superpower, you know, our weaknesses, our traumas, can be our superpowers too once we work through them and integrate them we can just use them as fuel there's fuel there And Outland Denim is such an incredible example of doing just that in a business context but this isn't just how I built this this isn't just about what the business does it's about James the founder and his personal history what did he go through to want to create this impact in the world he openly shares his personal and spiritual beliefs and values that are so strong that they have flowed, permeated into his work. And you'll just hear in his voice how genuine he is. You're going to love this one. You really, really will. I want to acknowledge the country that we recorded this conversation on, the land of the Wanguri Bara people of the Yugambeh country. I want to acknowledge the land that you're listening on, and I want to acknowledge you, dear listener, for showing up, for choosing to consume a form of media that is seeking to push us in the direction of connection, remembering, and love. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Outland Denim founder and CEO, James Bartle. James. James. Welcome onto the show. Thanks, James. Cheers, man. Thanks so much for having me in your office here on a Friday Albo in Mount Tambourine talking about big issues of our world. Where else would you want to be? It's the center of the universe, right here. I reckon. So, uh, thanks for coming. Oh, up. it's beautiful. And uh, we we're laughing before I, I walked in to the office here, and within five minutes, I'd been offered a coffee, a tea, a pastry, and somewhere to sleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think your your good vibes clearly manifest into your day to day working situation. Yeah, there's some some good people out there. <laughs> well, I, as you know, the concept of the show is called the Overview Effect, and it's really rooted in this these ideas these stories of kind of personal awakening or transformation this this overview effect is this experience that astronauts have when they first go into space and look back on our world and they see our earth at a distance without boundaries and just floating in this void of space and they feel this really beautiful sense that they describe this really beautiful sense of emotional and sometimes even spiritual connection to our world it really motivates them to be better people and I just love that Concept, particularly that contrast with astronauts. So I love to start there and ask my guests for a personal story. And have you had a moment or an experience or something in your life that has really shaped the way you see the world and how you want to make an impact in the world?
1: Oh, man, I, I think that's such a cool concept to, you know, just think about being able to see the world from a bird's eye view. And I guess, you know, it, it definitely speaks to moments in my life. Uh, there's been quite a number of moments in my life where I've, um, I've really... Um, Feel I've experienced something that's um, I guess changed the trajectory of where I thought I was going and where I end up being and you know I I was um, actually probably the the most significant moment that I've ever experienced on a personal level was um, when I was um, racing motocross actually and it was um, at a race one Saturday night where I I, um, hit a double jump and went over the handlebars and was knocked unconscious and it was on the way to the ambulance that I, I came back into having full consciousness and I remember just being really scared and wondering, you know, what was going to happen, you know, really thinking about life and death and, you know, I was fearful at the moment at that time of what was going to happen to me and I just remember just calling out and going, "Oh God, I don't know if you exist or if there there is a God even, but if you are, show me and then I'll serve you and... Um, you know nothing happened that night i actually left hospital it was just concussion it was fine i w- walked away and um but for the next three years you know i just it was always in my head that like god if you're if you're real show me and i'll serve you and i remember then you know like this three years later just having this real moment where i just really um came into an acceptance of i wasn't um wasn't as in control as i thought i didn't know what i thought i knew and the world was so much bigger and com- more complex and um you know that ultimately it was you know created on in love like this this place is like you know the way you know nature speaks to each other and and the benefits nature has on you know animal and human health and how humans can you know like um influence each other and just either be good or bad for each other and it was this it was in this moment that i just really knew that i just wanted to submit to um you know god whom i believe was the creator of this universe and so that was a like a a game changer for me um it changed my perspective on the world in that all of a sudden i started to see it through the lens of man i want to have an opportunity to be a part of the the loving part of this world rather than the the taking part and i can't say that i always have been mm-hmm. but my life certainly changed its direction at that point in time
0: yeah wow amazing and what i hear in that is it's those, those moments, and it's—I guess you could describe it as a near-death experience because the way you have described it is you were unconscious for a significant period of time. So we'll call it a near-death experience. Um, that attune us to something else, right? And and it might—you said you, you kind of left hospital that night, and maybe some people perhaps may have reflected and gone, "Oh, well, nothing happened," and just continued to live their lives. But what it did was it actually allowed you to start looking at the world differently. To go, oh wow, there must be more out there. What else is out there? And your radar was up, and you were looking now at a, at the world in a different way. That's Definitely. beautiful.
1: I mean, man, it's like um, I guess if you don't if you don't take hold of those opportunities because that's what they are. Everything that we experience, which is you know significant like that, you know, it is an opportunity to go further, learn more, and become you know, more of the human that ultimately I think that we were designed to be. And so it was a scary enough moment for me to realize that I couldn't just continue on wondering. Um, You know, I'd learned a lot about the Christian faith and, you know, and and bits of others as well. And I just didn't believe any of it could be possibly real. And even, you know, it's it's so bizarre. It's so crazy with what we're brought up with to think that any of this could be a possibility. But um, for me, it was... um, a change in worldview mm. in that, well, if if I was created by a God, if this God created this universe and all of these things that then I struggle to put answers to because of that narrative and, and that belief system um, don't so much matter to me. Um, you know, I don't feel that I need to be able to explain everything because I've become, I've become um, I guess, accustomed to the fact that even our experts don't really know. And so why would I think that a small little human brain can explain away the creation of the universe or how we came to be and all of these things, you know? And so I just submitted and um, that's a consistent thing that I just submit to not knowing and that's okay. But what, what I do know and what I do have conviction on is that, you know, we are here to love each other and love this incredible like planet that we live on, you know? And so I go, if I keep it simple and hmm. I try and live my life that way, I'm not going to get it right all the time, um, but it's submitting to, to you know, this God that's bigger than me, and this creation that's bigger than me, and I'm just a small part of it. But I'm significant in it, and mm. um, I think that that worldview and that change in worldview for me has set me um, on the trajectory that I'm now on. Mm. I love that, and I love th- there's a paradox there for me,
0: which is there's the surrender, surrender to what is, surrender to something bigger than ourselves. But then there's also the discipline in doing it consistently. You know, it's not a lot of us are walking around waiting for God, send me a sign, you know, waiting for the universe to tell us that, you know, there is a God or that we are. But it's actually something that we cultivate within ourselves. And we've actually got to be disciplined in that. Absolutely. We actually care about it. It's a
1: practice. yeah. 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 Yeah, because I think you know, like uh, you know, we can all think back to times in our lives where we are just sort of led down a pathway that yes, we'll learn from, but you you eventually get partway down it and you realize that you know it was it was harder. We turned back, we didn't commit, whatever it was, and we never really got the benefits that we could have out of it. And for me, like faith is absolutely um, that pathway that is consistently refining me, even when I don't know. You know, it's I'm still being refined by it, and you know I never look back to the. You know, older version of myself, um, and go. Oh, that was better. You know, I know I'm getting better because I'm. You know, although still got a long, long way to go. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully becoming more aware of you know what's around me and others around me and the the need to be a part of this this system that was created to you know ultimately love each other into yeah a much freer world. I I'm,
0: I'm I love that you you've started here and. It's really interesting for me because I've listened to you speak a lot of the time and I didn't know you were going to start here, but I love it because I, and I've been talking about this on on some of my episodes recently, I've actually, as I've evolved the podcast, when I started, it was more rooted in environmental issues or ethical business examples, um, which is my background and more about, I guess, specific issues or specific things happening that were a bit more tangible or practical um, but what I've realized through speaking to so many incredible people and having these beautiful intimate discussions is that I don't think we have, you know, a, a climate crisis and then over here we have a mental health crisis and then over here we have a homelessness crisis and then over here we have a human trafficking crisis. Like I think these are all symptoms. They're all feedback oh, from our crisis of morality or lack of, you know, sense of purpose or meaning to, to something bigger than ourselves.
1: Mate, nailed it. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I love that you started there and and what I'm hearing in you is that's that's your internal compass. That's what dr- what drives you. You know, you're not out here in the world going, "Okay, I want to sell jeans so that I can, you know, raise my status and be this philanthropist that donates this much money to people." You're like, "No, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. I feel guided that this is the right thing to do with my life."
1: Yeah, there's no question. And you know, I think it would be really hard to stick it out in some of the tough times if it wasn't that you felt that deeper um, reason for doing what you do, you know, like, yep. I, I mean, money's not enough, a big enough driver, you know, to keep you going when it's hard and tough, and there's easier ways to make it, you know. So,
0: hundred percent, our values, and we, I see this in business all the time, and it's like we talked about greenwashing. Like, our values are only as strong as when they're challenged. Yeah,
1: right, <laughs> yeah. and that happens in business yeah. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think you know that was something that we certainly experienced through COVID. That, you know, our, our um. Our team really had to make some tough decisions on how do, we, how do we manage things. And, you know, when we're closing down our facilities in Cambodia um, due, to, due to COVID and the health risk to our staff and, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to still pay them even though they can't work? And, mm-hmm. and, and it could risk our company. We could go under. You know, and it was, thankfully, like, unanimous. Everybody was, like, 100% on board that absolutely that's what we must do. And, you know, we made it through and we're still here. And I think that's a miracle in itself. But, you know, just to um, be tested, like, that's a good thing too. And, you know, earlier I was saying, you know, like, so much good still come from the challenges that we faced. And I think that's probably for all of us if we actually look back and go, you know, what was this last 24 months like for us? You know, it's probably made us better if we really... um, Oh. It's it's been such a time of that's uh, forced reflection
0: for a lot of people. I think a lot of people have, whether it's been you know the extreme example of you know someone stuck in an inner city apartment with kids and having to homeschool and work from home. Like I can only imagine how difficult that would be. That would have been hell, man. So (laughs) I can completely understand this move to the regions of people that have reflected and gone. I don't want to live this life anymore. Um, But then there's everyone has had this like okay, well, wow, this, this pause this what am I doing? Where am I? Who do I want to be? What do I want to do? And I think that's something that was really needed in our world. You know, perhaps this is teaching us exactly the lesson that we were supposed to be learning right now and we're still in it. Yeah. And it's been hard. I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and say everything's, you know, rose tinted glasses, the world amazing. Um, it's been tragic, but if we can see the lesson in there if we can see the growth the opportunity the potential in there then that would be a beautiful thing
1: yeah no man like you're right it's there's there's no question that we've we've grown um every one of us i think you know it's just we got to choose though whether it's going to be good stuff that we take from it um Mm -hmm. and you know and when you think about it not one of us hasn't had to suffer in some way as a result um some of us um, have suffered less than others and thankfully like you know you've you've coming up come up onto the top of Tambury mountain and you know up here it's just like it's peaceful and it's quiet and it's a small community and you know part of the time we didn't even know what was going on if you didn't listen to the radio or you weren't doing business outside of the community and um We're really lucky to have lived here but then like you suggested that there was others living in, you know, little apartments in the middle of the city with kids and working from home and man, I just don't know how people survived that. So, Mm. you know, I think if anything, people have been able to see how resilient they can be that they didn't realize and, you know, if that's the only thing we took from this is actually I can handle a fair bit it gives you confidence and it gives you confidence to be able to go into the future knowing that it's not so scary because you can throw something pretty major at me and I'm going to survive it and maybe get stronger as a result of it.
0: Mm, So true, so true. Oh my gosh, there's a lot. That's a rabbit hole we could go down. (laughs) Um, But I'm actually going to steer us back to a little bit more around Outland and your your work with Outland. Um, I guess first of all, I think it's important to set... The context on what uh, the the prevalence and the, the 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 depth of the human trafficking industry and the impacts that has and how real that is and what that looks like. So, mm. can you explain a little bit about for listeners that probably have seen you know the true cost or maybe mm. few docos and have heard of human trafficking, but I think for a lot of us and myself included, before I saw some of those documentaries didn't really fully understand what exactly was happening so yeah. can you paint the picture a little bit for us
1: yeah man it's a um it's a pretty hectic industry you know the um, slavery is worth you know um there's 40 odd million slaves in the world it's 150 billion dollar industry it's um in every corner of the globe you know here in australia um you know if you read the newspapers you know even in the last you know a few years there's been stories of um, you know domestic servitude and, um, and people enslaved just here and mm. so this isn't something that doesn't touch any of us and then if we talk about our products that we're wearing that we're buying or eating and consuming um, you know the majority a huge amount of that is tainted by the risk of slavery as well and so underneath slavery sits poverty um, poverty isn't always the cause of somebody who's trafficked um, or enslaved but it's the it's the greatest uh, driver of making people vulnerable and when people are made vulnerable they put themselves in positions where they um, are at risk of being trafficked and sold Um, when they are trafficked and sold um, the worst can happen Um, they're sold into a range of industries often agriculture is one Um, you know we work in the garment sector the garment sector is rife with slavery And, um, you know, we we employ people, in fact, that have been stolen and sold. So, you know, one of the young ladies that that worked for us um, was 14, and her and her friend were taken out of Cambodia into Malaysia, where they were slaves. And um, she was repatriated back into Cambodia when she was about 17. And um, whilst she was um, enslaved, she was her friend, her friend died um, because the really harsh reality is that it's cheaper to replace someone uh, a slave today than it is to maintain them just like a piece of machinery just throw away you know like what our fashion has become it's become throwaway, and um, and the reality is that the human beings that are making it have also become throwaway. and so it really brings it home to um, I guess show us the 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 importance behind um, making good decisions about you know, the things that we partner with. And, you know, every time we buy something, we partner with someone in some way, you know. We can we can strike because we don't like um, the fact that, you know, um, uh, where the oil companies are tearing up the ground, but we probably drive to that strike in our car and drive home in our car. And so I think it's about, um, this, there's a lot of solutions that we can come together, but it's one that we've got to come together Together on, you know, it's it, we can't be siloed in any of these things because slavery as is an issue is touching every single one of us that's walking this planet.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and, and you're, you're a hundred percent right in saying that we've got to, we've got to look in the mirror and accept our role in it, even unconsciously. Um, but. You know i've got an iphone here on the table there's bits of technology i'm sure they were probably made or components were probably made by underpaid or underprivileged um people you know like to hear you say there's 40 million slaves in the world you know i look back at it was like martin luther king day in america mm-hmm. recently and there was all these posts on social media about martin luther king and his quotes and inspiration It was a truly incredible human um but we kind of look on that or at least I, I kind of see some of that stuff and I'm like, oh, how great that that work was, his, his work was done. and yeah, it, yeah. You know, slavery yeah. was abolished in America and I'm hearing you say, no, 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 there's 40 million slaves around yeah. the world.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, there's more slaves today than there's ever been. Um, and so this is an issue that I do believe can be um, dealt with um, in 100%, probably not. But can it be dealt with um, so that there isn't isn't that number of slaves? Yeah, I believe so. But it's going to come down to, um, I think, consumers more so than anything um, being willing to think about the way that their thing's being made, you know, whether that's bricks that are being, you know, piled on top of each other to build your home or that's um the t-shirt that you're wearing you know it's really important for us to consider it and i don't think that judging anybody for the decisions they've made actually creates any kind of change either um you know i'm part of the problem i'm somebody who day in and day out runs a business to fight this problem but i'm also part of the problem you know um like you said you've got an iphone so do i um every computer on those desks out through those windows are apple computers you know um where did all the parts come from who who put those parts together. Um, the cool thing is that there is a move and we're seeing governments move and we're seeing individuals move and that's because of people like yourself, James, You know, sharing about the realities of the way our products are made or the issues that we're all facing. And so I'm confident that 99% of the planet really do want to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I just have to rest on that, well, if the majority of us want to do the right thing, if we can find solutions so that it's easy to do the right thing, then they will.
0: Yeah, yeah. If we can make it the path of least resistance because yeah. at the moment, it's the path of most resistance. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's more expensive. It's more difficult. It's harder. Um, yeah, and and you're very generous in saying it's people like me. It's not people like me. It's people like you.
1: <laughs> it's all of us, man. It takes us all, doesn't it? Um,
0: so, okay. So, so that's, that's the context. That's how terrible human trafficking is. It's what it is and how broad and prevalent it is how in the world did you go from riding motorbikes to starting a fashion company
1: well it's a a bit odd I still think it's a bit odd to think of myself starting a fashion company um I like to think of it as starting a a denim brand because I just love denim you know and it it sort of it went a lot more with my lifestyle but you know the reality was I was at a um, festival performing as a freestyle motocross rider and there was a um, an organization there that we're looking for ambassadors and people just to support and um, share about the work they do in rescuing these these young women that had been trafficked and sold. And um, they asked if I wanted to come and so a colleague and myself hopped on an airplane and we went over. And, you know, it was it was on that trip that sort of everything changed for me. It became a reality and I'll never forget we, we landed in Thailand and we're walking down um, this strip in a place called Padia and there was um it was called walking street and i was told it was like the sex capital of the world and you know i i hadn't traveled all that much outside of australia and so to me it was fairly overwhelming anyway just with uh, the lights and the noise and all the different smells and it was just a bit overwhelming but and a bit heavy but nothing crazy like i didn't i didn't walk down the street and go well these people are destitute I, i saw smiling faces i saw people having fun and I could agree that it probably wasn't the ideal lifestyle that they would choose. But I was, um, I guess, naive enough to say, well, at least they've got employment, you know. And we continued to walk. And I shared this actually with the, um, the the representative that the rescue agency had had sent me out with. And he said, oh, James, well, I'll just take you further. And he took me out of sort of that main touristy area. And we went in. And there was, I'll never forget, you know, I was looking down the road there. And I could see on the right-hand side ahead of us that there was this lineup of of girls and one of them was just obviously really young and she looked scared she was she was intimidated she didn't know what to do she's standing there fidgeting and um, you know when you see that I, I asked I asked the guy that had taken us I said like how look at this little girl like how old is she and he goes look she looks like she's 12 or 13 and I said like what what do we what do we do for her and you know it's those moments where you think you know this is my chance to be a hero this is my chance to run in there and you know throw her over my shoulder and run away and give her this this better life and he said james if you look around these kids are everywhere you know and that was the that was the door opening to me of going well you know this is an issue that that um i would die for i had two nieces at the time and you know it was a really easy easy answer to question if i was faced with dying for my nieces would I jump in in the way for yeah I would and I'm like well where's this little girl's dad and where's her uncle and who's looking for her and you know and it's an overwhelming um, moment to see with your own eyes and you know we've all probably seen those things and read about those things um, in the media but seeing it firsthand like that was a game changer and and that was the moment when I just decided that I'm going to be a part of a solution and I didn't exactly know how or what but I knew I had to be. And that's where it all began. I traveled then into Cambodia and I saw the poverty that existed in Cambodia. This is now 10, 11 years ago. And the the um, residue of the genocide that had happened 30 odd years earlier, um, the Pol Pot regime. And, you know, it was just a, um, a crazy, crazy world to come from Australia, come from, um, you know, Comfort and security um, on the highest level to seeing these people that really didn't know how necessarily they were going to feed their family and hearing horrific stories of children um, being taken advantage of, um, families, you know, not being able to look after them because of poverty. And I just knew that that was the place to start. And Mm -hmm. so we, before we left, I committed to a couple of young girls that, you know, we're going to pay pay their wages and um and, and that's where it began and and it started with in fact if you look behind me on the picture there, it's the very first girl that we ever employed and um, you know, what she did with her life as a result of, of this opportunity is is just mind blowing.
0: Man. Wow. I I'm actually struggling to hold it together a little bit because the story of walking down that street and seeing that young girl is so I can't think of a worse thing that a human could do. Mm. I actually can't, I'm struggling to even think of any example that's a worse crime against humanity mm. than that. Yeah. So to have had to be to have seen that with your own eyes, it must be burned into the back
1: of your eyelids. Man, I can still see, I can still see her face. I, mm. I can, it was, it was green and white, the uniform that they're wearing. Um, You know, I, um, I can, I can see her and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I can see her. Um, you know, I can't talk about her without feeling, you know, mm. the emotion of it. Um, but I'm grateful because it keeps you going too, you know, because yeah. it was such a profound experience for me. Um, uh, uh, you know, because it's hard. This, this gig is hard and, and it's not very rewarding a lot of the time. And you want to, you know, you want to go and have the same lifestyle as you see your peers having sometimes. And then I remember her and I remember why we do it. And I remember the people that, and the families that are relying upon this opportunity, and you get out of bed again and mm. go again, but made um, it. It's 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 making the decision to do something, you know, that I think is the bit that sometimes doesn't happen. And for me too, it's I saw it. I've been challenged by it. Am I going to do something or not? Because it'll cost you if you do. Yeah, and
0: and if you didn't, if you didn't do something, you would lie there in bed every night. You'd wake up every day and you'd have to continue to justify to yourself why you're not doing it. Oh, it's too big, I'm just one man. I just can't do this. There'd yeah. be all of these yeah, reasons yeah. that you totally. would have to tell yourself yeah. to why you're not doing it. This is, this is something that I'm jumping ahead, but this because it's so important. And this is the crux of the conversation that I think is so important to have with you here today because there is, in our, in our part, like what you have done, what Outland Denim is doing, is turning a weakness of that industry, of the fashion industry, which has been around human exploitation, modern slavery, etc., into your strength, into your superpower. Yeah. Where all these other businesses out there, all these other fashion companies out there, are saying, "Hey, look, we're, we're trying to minimise our harm by you know paying a living wage, or we're you know fair trade certification or whatever it is, they're minimize, trying to minimise the harm." You've actually completely flipped it on its head, and you're going no. Where this is our strength? There's mm. there's fuel here because yeah. it's such a traumatic issue. It's fueling us. It's yeah, our, absolutely. You, you've completely flipped it on its head, and I think that's really powerful. Mm. I, I can't actually think of many other businesses that have done
1: done it to that extent. I, I agree. I think it's um, it wasn't intentional. You know, it wasn't that I had a dream of having a a, a label. You know, <laughs> uh, at all. Um, I love denim, always have loved denim and, you know, so it made sense to me that that's what we would, would make, um, not realizing how difficult that would be. But, um, you know, we started because we wanted to create change. Um, we're really lucky because the timing of starting this and really finding our feet, working out our model and then about, you know, five years ago when we launched our brand, you um, it was starting to be talked about. I remember ten years ago, when I started on this journey, I'd tell people, and their eyes would glaze over and they start yawning, you know. Um, but but today, people see opportunity because they're aware of the issue and how big it is. They see opportunity on a business level. They see opportunity on an impact and change level. And we're a business that exists for that. And you know, we attract the kind of people that care about that. And today. You know, I have people walking into a room and apologizing for what they're wearing, you know, because they're so hyper aware, not because of anything we've done, but because of all the other legends out there that are working hard to, you know, shine a light on the issues within the fashion industry. People walk into a room and say, oh, James, sorry, I'm, I know I shouldn't have this. I said, hey, you, you can wear whatever you want to wear. That's got to come down to your own, your own moral choices and what you think aligns with your own values. But as soon as you say that, people really go, oh, man what does it say about my values if I know that this particular company operates this way yet I'm happy to support it you know mm. so so I think that's you said earlier you know values you know it, everything has to stem out of our values and our values are that you know we 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 genuinely care for those people that are been the ones that are suffering and I yeah. think business is the solution
0: yeah yeah well businesses are businesses are just a a reflection a a manifestation of the people behind them you know we've got this idea i think in society that businesses are this um, you know this this separate entity it started we could go way back to like the east india trading company and the idea of a limited liability corporation anyway that's another rabbit hole but this idea that businesses are their own thing businesses are just a a, a, a social construct that we've put in front of the people behind them right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so what you guys are doing to hear you talk about the people in this business, the people that you attract, it's because that's exactly what you are. You are an organization of values-driven people that are mm. coming together for a bigger purpose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and coming back to this idea of like being fueled, you know, that, that that's so powerful. I mean, we've seen in we we, we see this examples all over the world of people that have had some sort of trauma or some sort of Mm. weakness that have turned that into their strength. I mean, it was recently Australia Day the other day and Dylan Olcott, like, look at him, physically disabled and he's become one of the greatest athletes of our generation. Yeah, He's used that to fuel him. Um, You can even say the previous Australian of the year, Grace Tang, you know, victim of sexual assault, and she's used that for her voice for empowerment of women. Like, people using that weakness or that trauma to their strength, that's their superpower. It fuels Mm. them. And that's what you guys have done. And it's clear that it's... um, come from the people behind the organization I guess mm. what I'm saying is that it's very clear that your intent is true yeah. because I think there are a lot of other companies out there that their intent is well we want to do this because we're supposed to or because that's the way the industry is going or because we think it'll help us grow and make more money yeah whereas your it's it feels it just feels real I think we've got this this these days a lot of us as, as consumers um, people have a, a bit more of a sense of what's... Yeah, I agree. ...bullshit or not. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> our BS radar has um gotten more refined over the last few years for sure. Yes. Yeah.
0: And when we can just kind of drop back into like hum- being humans again... Yeah. yeah. ...it's
1: just like, yeah. yes, okay, I get it. I feel it. Yeah. I can see it. I get it. I understand. And we're all on it, man. Like, we're all, we're all on the journey together. And, you know, like, yes, it's it's polarizing out there, especially at the moment, you know, we talked about vaxxed or not vaxxed. Oh, and, yeah. you know, these kinds of topics and it's, and it's become quite potent and volatile. But um, I think it's good just to step back and go, hey, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're, we all do want the same thing pretty much. We really do. Yeah. And, hey, it's my job. It's my job to make my clothing more accessible to you so that... You can more easily be a part of this journey with us because I know that. I know that the values of this company align with yours and I don't know you that well, you know, but I just know that the values align with yours. In fact, I know with the values of this company align with pretty much 90% of the population. So it's my job to make our product better, to give it more value, like you said earlier, for there to be less resistance to be able to be a part of this because every single time somebody purchases an Outland Denim product, they activate a cycle of freedom that's what they do and there's a a a huge amount of um uh, power that is is given to the consumer to create change in making products like this with these opportunities that are presented for for all of our staff and their families so i'm excited about the future and what it could hold but i do think the key there is that it's where we're going after the same thing. So we don't really need to debate it. We just need to go together and continue to refine the way we do it because we'll make mistakes. We have, we do, we continue to. You know, like you said, you know, we've got a, um, an impact report that we release every year and, you know, we set these goals and in our last report, we didn't hit heaps of the goals that we wanted to hit. We just didn't hit it. We couldn't afford to hit it. Um, mm. So it's not that we're perfect. We've got a long way to go and we've got some big goals and big dreams. But I just think that as we come together... Um, as a community, so brand with brand, you know, citizen with brand, um, big change happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it comes back to that, that, that values proposition, right? So as a customer, I can see your values are true and they align with my values. I'm like, yes, go, let's do it. And, and yeah, okay. The targets are nice to try to set a target and achieve something, but that actually matters less than what feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) No, I agree. I do agree. Yeah. Yeah um we actually haven't talked anything specifically around what outland denim actually does um but i think my listeners will be pretty familiar with your your company but maybe can you and i know you're probably quite a humble person but can you just describe a little bit the the impact that outland denim has had over the years
1: yeah yeah man like i i um I'm sometimes got to pinch myself is when I go, wow, did that really happen? And, you know, something that we, we take really seriously is just collecting the data of like, where were you, where are you, where do you want to be? And, you know, so that's constant interviews of over the years of what's the progression like, what are the needs and how do we improve? Because again, we're, we've always got to keep improving and we're certainly not there. Um, but like even the girl behind me here, I mean, it's my favorite story because she's the first girl that we employed. And, you know, when she started working with us, Um, she lived under a plastic sheet with her family. Um, You know, and I know that we have a lot of homeless people here in Australia as well that are living in a sleeping bag or under a piece of cardboard. And, you know, so I guess we've seen that and we've seen how hectic that can be. There's not necessarily a food bank to go down to or a a charity to go down to to be fed. Um, And that's where a huge amount of the vulnerability comes in for these people. But this particular girl was sexually exploited and, um, you know, in a community that she lived in, you know, that's um, not great, might mean she doesn't marry and it's going to be pretty difficult for her to get by. But she got this job and over a number of years, she was able to build a home for her family. So in her community, she was now seen as the girl that, you know, has built this this home. And, you know, the home was a six by six meter timber clad iron roof, you know, high up off the ground. So monsoon season doesn't wash it out like just just amazing, you know, and so she's she started reporting to the ngo that would work with the counseling side of what was happening that her sense of dignity had been reinstilled, and you know that was never intended it wasn't part of the strategy or how we've built our business and um it was just something that happened because she herself did it we didn't do it for her we didn't pay for the house to be built we gave her a job we gave her the tools she needed to be successful we gave her training and education but she did it mm. and and you're hearing this and I'll, I'll never forget hearing it you know and i um, just thinking oh my goodness like like it actually works, you know, you dream of it working, but it, but, it, but it actually works. And then she went on to say that she also bought a sister back from someone who owned her and, wow. you know, wow. like to us, that sounds insane, but it's the everyday life of, you know, millions and millions of people around the world is that's the reality for them. Mm-hmm. And when we are able to link a product like a beautiful pair of jeans to that kind of impact, so that every single time I buy that a pair of jeans like that, but not just when I buy it, but every time I wear it, you know, like um, they carry this this powerful like ability to transform community, and you know we're still a small business, but I dream of the day when we are a big business and when we're when we're employing thousands upon thousands and the flow on impact that that has out to go out into community, you know, um, simple things like. Um, one of the training courses around breastfeeding you know most of the mothers that um, we surveyed going to a course that cost us 100 us um, dollars that would go for for an hour or two um, they surveyed to say that they believed the best thing they could do for their child was to um, feed them baby formula and the reason that they would say that is because there was a marketing campaign that had gone through southeast Asia promoting, that a particular brand's baby formula being the best thing to do for your child. But what makes it worse is you reported that they're then using water, which is contaminated by our industry, where it's been irresponsibly discharging of chemicals and these kinds of things. And so ultimately, babies are being poisoned. And so coming out of this seminar, all of them now realized and believed the best thing they could do for their child if they were able to was breastfeed them. Now for $100... That's a generational change. It doesn't stop there. It goes out in the community. They talk about it. And that's the stuff that we try and track. Okay, so we've done this training seminar. How many people have you told? Do they believe you? Do they, you know, and and continue to try and filter that information out through community. So it's it's actually possible to offer things that we take for granted that we just got because we got a great education or great opportunities um, that many of these people never got but it's possible and it's possible because of a product. Wow. It's, and, and there's a, for some
0: reason in my mind, a farming analogy is coming up here, a farming metaphor in that you're not going in there and fixing every single woman's problems. You are creating the conditions, nurturing the soil yep. for which these women to make their own
1: choices and have their own accountability and responsibility for their lives. And in fact, I would say that, it's the only way I believe that change will ever occur. I don't believe that change will ever occur with handouts. It's, there's no dignity for the people that receive it. Yeah. In fact, it creates um, a dependence on us and that's a form of control. And so yes, there's occasions where aid is needed and charity is needed. And so I'm not, I'm not you know, um, talking them down, they're needed. But what if just the products we buy what if the things we consume every day were actually creating this kind of impact just as a result of being created? You know, what if we could take away the environmental impact from products like jeans? And let's face it, denim is one of the worst contributors in fashion to environmental degradation. So what if we were able to come up with ways of turning that around so that that was a positive, not a negative? And see, I believe, you know, you use that astronaut analogy, you know, and looking down on this little, little blue earth, And that's how I see our industry. That's how I see fashion is I feel like I can sit above it and I can see that it's possible. And I read headlines and I read about things like plastic bottles being used to make the clothing and how brands use that as a good thing. And Mm. I, I know straight away that that's not a good thing. It's a negative thing. It's marketing hype and it's in fact creating microplastics and therefore, are we better to use virgin plastics than recycled ones? You know, it's these things. Wow. But, what if we stay true to our path? And what if we aren't persuaded because you know most people have read that article and most people believe that is the best thing to do and we don't participate in it? Well, that's the path we're trying to walk. And I believe, I genuinely believe with every part of me that we're getting close to a time where we can turn making something into a positive. And that's where I think consumerism takes on a whole new meaning. And so I would be bold enough to say that I believe consumerism is the solution not the problem wow well that's radical
0: but i love you you ask over and over and over again something that we don't do enough in our world which is say what if yeah what yeah absolutely what if imagine you know instead of instead of going oh the recycling industry is telling me this you know the recycling industry was actually created by the oil companies as a way to make (laughs) like continue to buy plastics okay yeah um instead of just absorbing that and regurgitating that information, which by the way is what the education system teaches us to do, another rabbit hole. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what if we just said, oh, what if? Yeah, What would the best case scenario be? Yeah. How could we imagine a better way of doing things yeah. and go from there? Yeah, And so—and I know that you guys are actually
1: pursuing some really cool stuff in the environmental space. Can yeah. t- shed a bit of light on that? Well, I guess that's the dream, isn't it? Is what I've just described is, you know, what if... It wasn't just creating freedom for humanity, but what if it was actually leaving our planet in a better condition? Now, I can't currently say that our genes do that. They don't because the energy that, that's consumed and using them, there's still water. There's, there's all of these issues, but we are working on going, well, you know, just here in Australia, there's about 8 million tons every year um, estimated of textile waste ending up in landfill so that's a huge huge issue and when you think about it the way clothes are made today and how cheaply they're made from a um the dyeing and the chemicals that are used you know they get um The fastest, cheapest result. Um, All of this stuff's leaching out into the earth, the earth that we grow our food from. And so, it just when you when you really stop and think about it, you go, my gosh, how small-minded has humanity been that we would just operate in this way, that we would find the fastest, cheapest way at the cost of the planet. And you know, like ten years ago, you couldn't have spoken to me like this because I would have gone, you're you're mad, you're a greenie, I'm not, I can't listen to this. (laughs) But today. I am 100% all for it because I've seen it with my own two eyes, and I've seen that there's also possibilities of ways to change this. And I go, Richard Branson builds a rocket to fly out of the atmosphere or wherever it is he made it to. I don't even know where he got to, but but that must have cost billions of dollars. Mm. Yet some of the issues that I believe, like turning fashion into a positive thing for the environment, let's face it, I mean it's using predominantly natural fibres how is that not a good thing farming could be a good thing if we were innovative if we learn how to do it better if we use the natural resources that exist to be able to you know deal with pests and i know that i know that i'm i'm you know standing on toes when i say things like that because we all eat food that's um, grown in broadacre farming which is where the chemicals are used and for for good reason they're used but but what if we actually stopped and found different and better ways of doing it because it's possible i know it's possible so one of the solutions we've been working on is that landfill issue, and um, we know in the lab we've been able to find a solution. And in fact, we've just finished some some testing on that at um, at a more of a small scale pilot, um, commercial size, and we got the same results. And so we continue to press forward on trying to find this solution that could deal with textile waste being um, ending up in landfill issue, and predominantly in areas where. You know, uh, lower socio-economic communities are placed. Mm. Um, we send the issue to them. Um, we used to send it offshore as well, and to countries that would would accept it. Um, but that's all tightening up now. So there's a there's a real need for us here in Australia and everywhere around the world to be able to deal with this issue, issue in a way that's positive and not negative. And so we we remain focused on um, this particular solution, which I'll hopefully be close to telling you more about in the near future i was gonna say you're a little (laughs) bit hushed tone yeah can you tell yeah (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's you know but it's a good point you know i am hushed tone because what i have seen of our industry is you know it is it's all about um it's all about winning it's all about money and what i know won't happen is that when these things um these kinds of um technology and innovations um aren't funded properly they never create the impact they need to make. And so security around these things is, you know, important. It's important to talk about the issues, but keeping, keeping those things under a hat to the right time is also important for the purpose of being able to create that change. Mm. You want to set it up for success. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Create
0: yeah. the conditions for it to, yeah, for it to come about. You know, one thing that I do want to ask you, and I guess it still comes back to your values proposition, having those strong values in your business, but have you, how have you navigated those natural tensions that must occur in running a business that? I mean, you talk about essentially resetting the goalposts and leveraging the power of consumerism, Mm. saying consumerism could be the solution, which is essentially by saying, how can we change the rules of the game such that Mm. the more we buy, the more positive impact we have, Yeah, rather than the world is trying to say, hey, let's minimize our harm, let's minimize our consumption. And that's really not kind of sustainable. Not at all. Yeah. So. Yes, there's this what if, what if, what if, and this like big vision dreaming and trying Mm. to get there, which I think is really important. We Mm. don't do enough of that in the world. But at the same time, we still have to operate in the current paradigm. Yeah. So how do you navigate those natural tensions that must come up Mm. around wanting to deepen your impact, but also managing, you know, profitability and economic
1: growth and those kinds of things? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a constant tension, you know. Um, And I think it's about, rethinking the way that they should be measured to start with you know that's the first thing is going okay well we're used to looking at a balance sheet and you know at the moment i'll go into our zero account and i will go what do we look like um and sometimes you you know you get a little bit nervous when you have a look at those things and you think i don't want to look at this again for a little while (laughs) um you know but that's because i'm only measuring one thing in that i'm only measuring the economic impact i'm only looking at how is our business doing on a financial level but if i was to also put in there our environmental balance sheet and our social balance sheet what i would start to see is i in our case our social balance sheet would be so profitable and our environmental balance sheet wouldn't be profitable it would still be running at a loss and it'd be running at a loss because we'd be measuring everything every import that, that goes into creating a pair of jeans or a beautiful shirt. And that would then be registered. So I'd actually be able to go, no, our business isn't profitable. And in fact, I'd say that if nearly every business that operates today was to measure the financial and the social and the environmental impact of their business, we mightn't find that there's very many that are actually profitable. In fact, probably the biggest businesses, household names we know, would probably nearly be guaranteed to be running at a huge deficit. Mm. And so when I balance those things, I'm thinking like that, I'm always thinking like that. And so because I'm not someone who's driven by money yet understands the power of it and the need for it, um, the need for to build something substantial for all of our investors so that over time they go investing in that kind of thing is better than that kind of thing. Um, I know the need and the, the power behind it, but never ever, can it get out of kilter with those other two things? And if it does, then we've sold out. And um, I'm committed not to selling out. And You know, when I talk to our finance manager and she she looks at those things, you know, she, her brain starts going, oh my gosh, like, like why is there not a system that can measure these things well? Um, but I don't think it's far away. I know that there's mm. people working on this. And I think then, yeah. I hope that that just becomes in this standard accounting package. You go and buy Zero QuickBooks or whatever it is you use, you can't buy it without that not being a part of it. Um, I think that's the dream because then everybody is made aware instantly of the impact of their business. Mm.
0: Yes I mean we've seen ESG metrics for a long time you know I've worked with a lot of businesses that have had what they might call balanced business scorecards or you know the concept of conscious capitalism of measuring all your impact on various stakeholders that's a start it's like Mm. the first of many steps. Yeah that's right. um, I mean we could even if we wanted to go what if like what if I mean, we're seeing the world right now all these potential new forms of currency, cryptocurrency. Yeah. What if our future currency, which is just the what we value in society, was actually based on,
1: you know, positive human and environmental impact? Well, it's already happening, isn't it? When you when you look at being able to sell carbon credits, mm-hmm. and when you look at you know, like there's other things that have been sold as well, like that are having a, a positive impact on on the planet. You know, so yeah, what if what if that became actual currency you know mm-hmm. which to a degree it's starting to yeah. so
0: so it's a very, it's a potentially very exciting time because at no other time in you know human history as we know or business as we know have we become so self-aware of all of these yeah. destructive impacts and we're actually trying to do something
1: about it yep yeah, absolutely yeah yeah it's I, I would say you know not that i would know but i, I believe this is a very unique time in history and we're very lucky, especially for those who are entrepreneurial. Um, you know, this is a really exciting time to be in business. And you know, you can think the most abstract thoughts, and if they are rooted in something that's good for people and planet, you've got an opportunity like you've never had, and maybe won't have again. Um, but I, I'd say in these next five, ten years, is there's a there's a golden window right here of being able to be a part of something that's going to change the future. Um, through the likes of business and the entrepreneurs of the world being able to dream up these things and start them and see them become normality, mm. you heard it here first, folks. And yeah. and
0: and the first step is taking that first step, looping it right is. back to what we started around with your with your story like just actually seeing it and going, I'm just going to start. Yeah. I mean, when you you would have had no idea that you would have created this, but you just st- said, saw that little girl and said, I got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. and you know people making a start putting themselves out there and just means that you're just ready when that next opportunity comes yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah, yeah. amazing james i could talk to you all day about i already flagged like six or seven rabbit holes in this conversation Yeah, but um no i'm conscious of your time so I'll i'll leave it there but i will just say thank you so much for inviting me up here and um, your time and, and you know your thoughts it was an amazing conversation and on a much bigger level thank you so much for the work that you're doing you know and the 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 values that you've been driven by it's
1: really amazing to see the impact that you're having Thank you mate, I really appreciate that and especially coming from someone like you who, you know, admire the work that you've done as well in the the same space and um, I just again go back to I think like when we work together, you know, you're doing your bit and I do my bit and and, like anything's possible so Mm -hmm. appreciate you coming up Beautiful man, awesome How good? Cheers That was great
0: like.